And we are back for another episode of Are You a Robot? This episode, we are talking with Arnie. Let's hear a quick introduction from him and jump into it. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, my name is Arne, and um, I'm part of the Not My Robots team. And uh, we are um, Lisa, Laura, Philip, and I. And uh, we run a Twitter account called uh, Not My Robots. Um, and we collect um, and criticize bad images of uh, robots and AI on Twitter and other social media. And uh, we think that it's necessary. It's necessary because the visualization of um, these technology uh, plays a huge role in how we percept these technology, of how we engage with this technology, and um, the way AI and robots are depicted right now often is in a way that's hurting the image and is, is not a correct way. And we think that's uh, that's the point where we have to have to criticize and outcall bad images. Okay. So in case you're new here, I want to give you a, a few things, a few choice words about what we're doing and the why behind what we're doing. This is a series where we aim to tackle some of the greatest challenges that appear and crop up when it comes to AI and other related technologies. And the way that we're doing that is I'm gathering all of the best and brightest minds that I can find and having them come onto the show and talk with me. And I get to ask them all the questions I would like, unless they ask me not to ask them the certain questions, but that's for another story. <laughs> So in case you like what you hear, we have a community that we're building and you can go into our Slack channel, introduce yourself, let us know what you're working on and continue the conversation there. So in case there's anything that you have questions around or you would like to discuss, I encourage you jump into the community, let us know what you're working on and say hi. And last but not least, I want to mention our incredible sponsor, Ethics Grade. They are doing some really fascinating stuff when it comes to ESG ratings. For those who do not know what an ESG ratings company is, that is a company that goes around and they study the non-financial impact that other companies have upon society. So Ethics Grade is going and they're rating different companies on these different categories that they've brought up. And it's really specifically around data and AI. It's incredible to see what these different companies have. Ethics Grade has brilliantly put together a scorecard so that we can go and download it from their website. It's all free right now. You can go check out different scorecards of different companies that you love or hate, depending on where they fall on the spectrum. And you can see if they are walking the talk. It's really cool to judge the different companies on how their marketing team talks about what they are doing when it comes to data or ML. And then you get to see what ethics grade gave it as the truth, the baseline, what they are actually doing. So I encourage you to just go have a play on the ethics grade website. It's ethicsgrade.io. And Without further ado, we're going to jump right into this conversation with Arnie. Hope you all enjoy. Are you a robot? Excellent. Arnie, 
It is a pleasure to have you on here. I'm excited to talk about this project that you have. Not My Robot seems to be something that is fascinating in every aspect. And I think you're doing some good work to bring reality more to uh, in alignment with what is happening in the robotic space. Maybe you can start off by just telling us a little bit about this journey into how Not My Robot came to be. Yeah, so basically um, we um, all come from a, from a humanities background, um, but we somehow drifted into working um, with or around uh, uh, robotics and AI. And so, for example, Philip and I have been in a um, um, have been the um, sociologist of technology in a robotics project, and so uh, more or less, robots and AI are all at the core of our work, despite being um, social scientists and um, only uh, being able to code a little bit. <laughs> and um, uh, so, uh, every one of us uh, had like this collection of of the cabinet of horror of robots image already. And so we, we kept talking about it um, and uh, collected the very worst of those images. Um, you may have seen some of those and they are, tend to be really terrible at one point. So we all had this collection and um, uh, Laura also wrote a chapter on this in her um, recently uh, passed dissertation about it. And so we all had this kind of collection. We thought um, it, there must be a way um, that we not, not only collect it, like uh, put it away in our um, poison cabinet and, and lock it there, but we, we thought there has to be a way to, to engage um, with it and criticize and make it public. And um, since Twitter seems to be uh, um, the medium where um, science um, and public science is uh, often talked about, often engaged in a very good way, and um, also a medium that's obviously pretty interactive, um, we found that it's a good place um, to start um, addressing those pictures. And we started collecting them. And we ask everyone um, to tag us or to use our hashtag when they see those, those media. And um, so, so we could address it and uh, call it out, so to say. <clears throat> so you started crowdsourcing some of these bad images. And I, I thought you were going to say, since Twitter is a place for <laughs> criticism... Altogether, it is the perfect spot for this kind of project to happen. Maybe you can give us some of the images or uh, describe some of these images and examples of mm -hmm. robots and AI and how they get things terribly wrong. Yeah, and you can see um, a good collection if you uh, click on our um, on our handle or get on our blog. Um, so there's a great overview if you want to look it uh, up now while listening to the podcast. You can see it. Um, so there's um, there's a quite a variety, and we we already um, got some um, like a taxonomy of the the worst robot, which are all um, um, differently kind of horrible. Um, but the mo most common thing I think we started off was seeing the Terminator, like either the exo exosplat or um, Arnold Schwarzenegger with half his face melted, um, describing robots, for example, pretty often describing robots for care, which is um, a thing that's um, it's also um, uh, worth criticizing the idea that robots soon will be helping uh, elderly people in care, which uh, we wrote a bit on also, but uh, that was kind of like the first image that we had 
was was a terminator. Um, and recently, we found that more and more articles seem to um, go about um, AI as it's been more at the at the hype circle. And um, so we also find uh, I think the first thing that is to be addressed is that a lot of AI articles have a robot in its picture. Now, obviously, robotics and AI is uh, is interconnected, and a lot of modern times robots work with some kind of machine learning, which could be labeled AI. But um, often when AI is depicted, there's some kind of rendered robot. And that's, of course, wrong in, in so many ways. <clears throat> so <laughs> I think it's interesting that you would see the Terminator all the time. And <laughs> can we zoom in a little bit to what you talked about right there with the robots and taking care of the elderly? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a, we, we just recently published also an article on it, and um, I'm, I'm not sure how far into I mean, um, into detail you want me to get, but um, I think that's that's a very interesting connection because there's um, nothing that's pretty much there couldn't be like a greater difference between those cases like care as, as a warm, a physical, human intimidate um, way uh, um, of, of practice. And um, on the other hand, robots, that's obviously technology that they are um, hard. They are often put into cages because humans, if humans get too close to them, then uh, robots, like the old kind of robots, ran through them and they are found in... Uh, in the automobile industry in, in cages and doing that. And so the, the connection of, of caring for humans, like having to do soft uh, physical task and hard robot, that's a strange thing to meld together. Yet um, at the part of um, the healthcare crisis, um, which is for, for most European countries, Germany especially, but I think uh, to some extent also in Japan, um, uh, there need to be a solution. And our society seems to have um, a way of um, thinking about solutions uh, by having technology do do the solution and right now there seems to be the idea that um as robots can um are usually designed or um, meant to take over um the dull dirty or dangerous jobs and uh, since care obviously for wrongly are conceived as uh, um uh, dull uh, and um uh, not well paid, etc. Um, they are now to be taken over by by care robots, and there has to, has been a lot of funding, um, for example, from the European Union. We we put that in our article um, in detail how how much funding went into that, so that robots are now supposed to uh, care for humans, and this is obviously not fitting to the um, state of the art of robotics technology um, as it is now. Um, uh, nevertheless, there are a ton of projects, a ton of science funding that are supposed to um, have robots care for humans. <clears throat> when you say care, what exactly do you mean by that? Just yeah, bringing yeah, okay. them um, their pills or... It's it's uh, mostly for, um, I, I should have said it, it's, uh, it's mostly elderly care, which what was talked about. So with a demographic change, there's a high demand for elderly care um, for 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 nurse, nursery jobs and also in um, old people's home or in um, hospitals, uh, there's a huge demand of caretakers, um, which are highly underpaid and um, often uh, um, seen as unskilled. So that's a typical job that can be taken over by robot, um, which is 
of course, a strange perception of the field. <clears throat> yeah, and I see the juxtaposition that you're talking about, something that is very much, it needs that, that human touch to be brought with it. And you have something that is a cold metal robot or aluminum or whatever they are making, plastic even, and it does not have that touch and that warmth that is associated with human care. And a lot of the times, and I know I've, I've seen or read things in the past about this on how just having someone that believes in you and your struggle, if you are sick, can help you get better. And so outsourcing that to a robot seems non-existent and a very bad idea. Although who knows, it may may work. It's also, also this idea that um, comes along with how care is so, now done as an, um, a thing you can um, sort of um, put into an engineering kind of thinking. So you, you make tables on how much one person has to be taken care of, um, how, how long one one action should, should take place. And uh, so with the introduction of, of robotics mm. and the thing of engineering care, there's more than technologized way of thinking about care, which of course has a um, big difference to how care is done right now. But I think we are drifting away from, from what we actually want to talk about. Although there's a well, very interesting I topic. find it, Yeah, I find it fascinating because that is true. Like you have to hard code the time that each robot is spent with each patient. And when there is the human element involved, you know if someone needs more time with you or you know if they need more pampering or whatever it is, you can understand that and hopefully give it to them. I'm not saying that it happens all the time, but there is something very explicit within our human nature. And when you're taking care of someone and you understand that someone needs more attention and others need less attention. But with a robot, it's not so easy to program that understanding into them. And so, like you said, you're putting it onto a spreadsheet yeah. and you are basically codifying this person gets whatever, 10 minutes. And so this comes back to that question I was asking earlier, and then we can move on to the next <laughs> one. But taking care of someone, is it just bringing them their daily pills? Is it tucking them into bed at night? What exactly is taking care of someone? That's that's a good question. I think a lot of projects can't answer, yet they are paying roboticists to, to put their robots into that kind of, of uh, or settings, which which seems odd. It's it's exactly that. What is care? It's so hard to answer that 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 it has the answer of how to how to put that into into something you can put into into a sheet. It's not possible. That's that's kind of already the answer. I can't define it, and that that goes to the very core. It's it's very hard to define, and it's not to put into little segments that then can we can source out. We can source out that it's a collective of things you do. And if you like brushing someone's teeth in a, in a care setting, then you might think the robot, there's actually a project with a robotic arm that's supposed to do that. So people don't need help when they are, uh, um, when they can't move their arm, there has a robot project that's supposed to, it's of course from a robotics perspective, extremely interesting because it's like a very hard task, but, but 
seems kind of doable because it's like the the motions can be um, can be uh, thought out and the pattern where you have to do can be um, can can be set. So it's it's a strange task. But brushing someone's teeth in a, in a care setting doesn't only mean your teeth will be clean at the end. It means a lot more, and that's that's very hard to put in a technological setting. Mm-hmm. So. Getting back on track to what we were originally talking about when it comes to not ro my robot and the images that are being put out about robotics and basically the state of the world of robotics right now. I think there are the interesting images that we see coming out of Boston Dynamics, for example, that are doing fascinating things. And you see the progression. I'm sure you've seen that video of from when Boston Dynamics first came into being and how the robot was fumbling with anything that it touched or it couldn't stay standing up for longer than a few seconds. And now it's able to dance in unison with many other robots. That being said, it is very easy to throw up a picture and misrepresent what is happening and where we are, the state of robotics right now. So what do you feel these images, these misrepresented images, not the ones like Boston Robotics where you get the whole video and all of that, but the images of the Terminator that you spoke of or the images that are just clearly far-fetched, what impact does that have on society? And I, mean, I, I could even talk about how... Um what Boston uh, Dynamics does is also uh, kind of deceiving at, at one point because you don't see, um, you often don't see the speed of the robot, especially in the older videos. Um, you don't see how often uh, um, they try to land that flip. You just see one successful flip. And I mean, to, 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 to address that, they also showed at one point um, how the robot failed the flip. You don't see everything that needs to be done um, to do a flip on, on two boxes. Um, that shows and that gives the perception that um, the robot can do a flip anytime, anywhere, at any setting. But actually, it can do that very flip on that very box in that very moment with that very setting. And so that even those videos that actually show real technology can be quite deceiving about the state of overall technology. And I think that's that's one point also to scrutinize the images when you look at. Um, uh, um, pictures where there's actually a humanoid robot standing up human size um, performing for example a task that that seems to be uh, human like that's that's of course um, um, clearly um, way ahead of the state of technology that's uh, of often um, bringing people false idea of what robotics can where robotics is going where AI is going what AI is capable of doing and that's of course harming um, in, in in several ways um, uh, the the public image of of this technology <clears throat> yeah so what do you feel that harm does what are mm -hmm. some of the manifestations yeah, of that. For, for example, to talk about the care setting, we, we just got into it, so I, I draw from there. Um, we had this uh, project that was supposed to um, um, put on a prototype of a, of a care robot, and um, the articles were um, uh, um, uh, connected with a, with a Terminator image, and uh, the project got um, a lot of... Um, 
a lot of uh, um, letters um, to the project, a lot of emails saying um, uh, we are crazy robot scientists and uh, we are um, doing harm uh, and so on. And actually had this case, um, it was uh, one of the robots was a very, very simple um, uh, um, application. It was a robot that's supposed to drive from one point to another and um, uh, bring utilities. Uh, whatever kind in, in a hospital bring the clean sheet or in other setting whatever you need and they were for example they um uh, were supposed to be put on an offshore drill platform and actually the people working on the offshore drill platform uh opposed on having a robot uh, there because they are afraid that robot might might run uh, amok and kill them which is very interesting because those are like people who work on an exploding probably an exploding platform uh, in the open ocean uh, um, and can only be flown there with a helicopter, but they are afraid of a robot. And that, of course, goes with the Terminator images and with the images of, of robotic ap apocalypse um, that, that's supposed when, when robots um, evolve, there, there might be a killer robot. And that's, of course, very much connected to having an, uh, an article where there's a Terminator on the image. Yeah, that is quite funny because it seems like the the risks that you're placing on a robot that shuttles one thing from one place to another <laughs> comparing that with the oil rig that has much more risk of like you said could potentially melt down or you're in the middle of the ocean, there could be a big storm. There's a lot more risks that I think you should be concerned about than this robotic danger. And so those images and the power, the impact that they have on people, is this just from pop culture that, and we've seen Terminator and we know how it turns out? And is it like, Hollywood has been shoving this into our face since we were all kids. And so we think robots and we think bad. I mean, that's that at least one one part of the um, of how the story goes. It's very, very much connected. That's what uh, um, Laura's dissertation is also on um, the, the interconnection of uh, uh, of, of those images and uh, cultural knowledge, uh, for example, and um, it's it's very much that one direction. But of course, it also goes goes into the other direction um, that when you have, um, especially those humanoid images um, that are supposed to to take over that job or that job or that job, and I, I'm pretty sure you have those those headlines and other what kind of um, job will now soon be lost to robots and. Um, uh, spoiler: It's probably uh, there are probably not many that are soon be lost. Um, um, but but also um, if, if you have that and um, people engage with with the current state of robotics, um, um, they are often uh, expecting uh, a way more capable technology. Uh, and that's so that, that's the, the other side of the coin, basically. So they're overestimating the ability of of current ro current robotics, and that's of course when when engaging with the robots, when when trying also to build robots, that's of course putting on a huge huge problem for robotics. You you overestimate what what a state of robotics can, what is what the state of AI is actually possible. I mean those those typically um, those especially the anthropomorphism um, suggests a lot of more of autonomy and agency 
than uh, AI and robotics is capable at the state of art and probably for for the next year to come. <clears throat> so I want to jump into something that you said there, the spoiler alert that it's not happening anytime soon. But before we do, I think that is a very valid point that you're talking about. And I noticed myself when I first got Siri and I was promised all of this at your fingertips, whatever the Apple marketing was. And I started talking with Siri and then I was like, wow, this is not that good. And I thought it was going to be able to do so much more. And basically I can do a few things that I find it useful for, like how to spell a word. I can ask Siri how you spell a certain word or uh, multiplication or simple math, basically. And then that's about it, <laughs> opening certain apps. But when I really try and talk with Siri and go deep into it, I just end up getting frustrated and I have to do it myself. And this is after, I don't know how many years Siri's been around. I think it came out in 2010 or 20, I'll have to fact check that uh, later. But I know that they are constantly working on making Siri better. And they're constantly using all of the data that is coming in from everyone that's using Siri to try and advance Siri. And it's not that much better. I, I continue to try and I continue to fail miserably. And so when I think about robots that are being trained or being put into these different use cases that you're talking about, first of all, they are normally, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're normally for one specific task, right? It's not like you have a robot that's going to take the bed sheets from A to B and then go ask its supervisor what it should do now, or it's going to check on what the list of things it needs to do now are. It's, it's just a robot that is built specifically for transporting from A to B. It doesn't have other capabilities that it all of a sudden opens up and now it has its arms and it can grab the drugs and administer a shot to a patient. That's <laughs> not happening as of yet. So let's zoom in to what you were talking about and the fear and the skepticism around robots taking our jobs and the future of every job being outsourced to robots. Yeah, I mean, um, if if we uh, the, the interesting point, if you now um, put a list on what a human can do, it's um, uh, just evident how competent human beings are. That's <laughs> what, what you uh, what you right off noticed. Uh, how how even someone who is supposed to do uh, an unskilled jobs job, uh, for example, that what you all describe, how how difficult, how um, engaging that is, and actually how how how. Astonishing is that what we all can do. Now, if you if you talk about astonishing, when when you think about what uh, things like um, uh, Amazon's Echo or um, Siri can do, it's also very astonishing already. And they are putting huge efforts um, to for the system to work. Uh, um, let alone talk about how much. Um, uh, um, electricity is burned on uh, running this system uh, on a place where we don't see it. So it's like that we have like uh, our smartphone or this little box in our, um, but th there's a huge server farm and a huge electricity company behind that to work that out and to transport that, uh, for example, in one little robot 
who's actually need its battery um, uh, to run and uh, to have its um, uh, visual system running, for example, that that's basically the capacity of what can you can with the technology right now cram into one little little robot. So even when things like Pepper have a uh, like conversation module, it's nowhere near that what um, uh, high-powered um, things like uh, um, Siri or Amazon's Echo can do. And so, um, but when you when you when you think um, when you come back to um, what this idea of that one robot can do, it's all it's actually also a very very old image because it's the uh, the image of the universal tool, and the robots prom promise to be a universal tool to can who can do any any of those tasks. And as you mentioned, they are not, and um, probably will to some point never be be that, um, uh, especially in a human world where you have to build. In, in most part, you have to build your environment so that a, a robot works in it, and you don't have to build the robot so it works in the environment. Uh, in, in some kind of way, how you talk to uh, your Echo or to to Siri is a special way that makes enables the technology to answer you, and it's not that the technology just answers in a way that humans answer to you. So there's always the the repair and the reconfiguration on the human side that needs to take place to um, have those technology works as, as a state, uh, as I know. But um, coming back to, to taking the job, that just kind of shows how, how hard it is um, to, to take all over um, just one, one single task um, that, that's not fully robotized. Um, and um, that's what, what kind of would be a thing which I would love to see in an in illustration when you're talking about one thing, there should be a robot that is able to do one task and not a robot that is a humanoid uh, with two working uh, arms uh, and a thumb um, that's supposed to, uh, that that's look like it now can, uh, can, can tuck over your bed and then um, uh, bake a cake or whatever. Um, so th that's obviously misleading to, as, as we now see how complicated it is to do any of this, um, to have pictures of that is, is highly misleading um, and, and wrong about the state of the of the technology. And when we are, when we are talking about the implication, and I guess that's what you're doing greatly, the implication of um, of of what you have to criticize on how technology is built, then the idea that uh, a technology can works that way, like a universal tool, takes of course back, uh, away from the dangers um, that, uh, that um, AI, for example, now. Possess, and I mean, there there is a threat um, in many uh, um, AI application um, caused by the bias, cause of how our technology is used. But if you if you um, focusing on uh, the thought that it will be a humanoid robot um, that can that's a universal tool, you you take away um, from the real from talking about the real threats and from talking and, and engaging with a with those things that need actually need to address. <clears throat> Exactly. So I think you said something interesting before about why humans would be replaced by robots or would they even be replaced? And the idea that they have the humanoid looks like, why do we, why are we obsessed with making a robot look like a human? Um, I, I've, I've, I've probably speculate um, about it, but um, to to one extent, um, uh, I think it's it's. Uh, I mean, that, that's also has been in in pop culture for for a while. It's 
when when you talk about humanoid robots, you also, also talk about a lot of about um, the creation of life, like being being a creator of of a, of a new being, and um, that that seems to be um, a very very interesting uh, trope for for so many um, parts. Um, but um, I, I think creating a humanoid robot in in extra robotics um, has been um, thrown away uh, for the most part. Uh, so basically knowing about the Uncanny Valley, um, a lot of uh, robot producers um, throw away uh, the idea of creating a humanoid robot. Now there's Pepper, of course, and Pepper works to to a certain extent, uh, especially as a social address of um, of a thing that you can project all your all your ideas um, in. But but of course that's that's also the huge problem that that robot creates. And that, for example, in our lab, Pepper was massively hated by every roboticist um, because it, everyone goes and just talks about what Pepper can do and actually never does anything but stand there and maybe says I, I didn't understand you um, and but everyone is super fascinated with with the image of pepper and uh, the real cool robotic technology is then yeah okay but what your arm now did what your robot arm now did that's actually not that interesting so the image of, of a humanoid robot seems to be so interesting I have, I have actually not a good explanation uh, right now uh, why why it's so interesting I um, uh, but but I think it's for, for the images, of course, like an easy form to render. It's an easy form to to build. Often you see those stock photos where you can can think about it. That actually was a photo of two human beings, and someone just put white plates all over uh, the other person and rendered away the the rest of a of the person. It's maybe low effort. <laughs> well, let's dive into that real fast because there is something to be said for the way that robots are represented when it comes to race and gender. Yes. And I know you have yes. some choice words on that too. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, when, when we, when we are all now at the, at the white um, plated robot, that's, that's a very interesting, um, uh, very interesting phenomenon because it's, it's, um, if you look at the stock photo, there, they are either white or there's a blue shine around, um, uh, around it. And there's, I don't think there's ever uh, another color, and that's um, um, that's interesting. That you of course have to talk uh, about that. And there's a um, a great paper by uh, Stephen Cave and uh, Kanta Dial uh, that's called "The Whiteness of AI." Um, that's uh, that goes really really into um, uh, the the very interesting. Uh, um, a mix of color and uh, ethnicity that lies um, behind that um, thing of that there are white robots, and um, I don't think it's really uh, um, it's it's not not by by accident that they are all white, but there, there's a um, there's a cultural idea of uh, in our society how how whiteness um, shows some kind of competence. Um, some some way of skill, especially in those contexts where we where we show them with, with along with the whiteness, there goes this idea of of being um, of being a white collar worker, of being uh, competent at your uh, at your job, and um, uh, similar things that that go along with the with the idea of uh, of whiteness um, behind those robots. It's, it's really strange that you only find those um, those uh, um, white white images of the of the robots. And um, if you find a black robot, it's pro probably one that's um, in the 
in the image of um, uh, uh, killer robots or um, uh, in, in an image that goes um, on banning uh, AI for warfare or similar. And that, that's of course, um, that that's of course has to be addressed um, because it's it's a racist pattern that's that's behind it and um, technology has um, I think I come to that on the on the gender point technology has this point of um, uh, from from a critical theory of of overcoming um, a lot of those stereotypes we are dealing with because they don't have those. Um, inherently um, from the start of course technology and I think that's a starting point where we we have technology is always constructed by humans and so it's always a social construct and product of our society and um, so we have to really take care of what we inscribe in our technology I think um, your other episode talked about that on, on how um, um, uh, um, image recognition of course is biased because it's only produced by um, you can probably beep in which episode it is because I don't remember it right now. Um, uh, um, uh, how, because it's constructed by what by white engineers. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think that was with uh, Sebastian, and that is fascinating to think about. Uh, you said something. Oh man, <laughs> you kind of got me off track when you asked about that. I was thinking about a. Um, what you were talking about when it comes to the black robots being ascribed certain characteristics and then the white ones, other characteristics and, and just the projection that we have. And that point is fascinating how we are bringing our social constructs into technology and with everything that we do with technology. And so really being aware of that and how we're doing it it, we need to be mindful of it as it's happening or when we see it happening, we need to call it out. And you didn't mention though that, because I try to think like gender of robots, there's not really gender happening with robots or if it is, it's being ascribed different roles. Um. Uh, so, so I've, I've taken on the the white aspect, and we could probably do more about that. But from from the gender perspective, it's, it's very interesting because, um, especially for for um, coming from from science technology studies and similar, there's of course this this notion um, of of the cyborg um, as uh, as a um, uh, as a Oh, I'm I'm lacking the, the English as a um, entity that that goes beyond um, a gender gap. So so it's so so robots are very interesting in that part because they don't have a gender. And often in our society, it's it's um, very interesting to to address um, those um, uh, genders. And for example, Pepper is a very good example because Pepper always evokes the question of if it's a it's if it's a boy or girl, if it's uh, is it she, it or or he, and um, actually the the makers of Pepper um, reacted to it because it it answers to the question, are you a boy or a girl, and it answers the uh, I'm I don't know the exact phrasing for for the English one, but I think it says uh, firstly I'm a robot, and that's that's a very good answer in, in my opinion, and um, because robot have this capacity of not having having to to address a gender issue that they, they don't have to be gendered and because they are a technology technology doesn't have to be gendered and uh, it's it's very interesting because it it, it evokes um 
the, the problem that when we when we address pepper um we want to have uh, a gender stick to it to talk about it <laughs> which is odd because it often doesn't and so the question is it a boy or girl is not a question you actually you should address to pepper so that that's interesting that pepper only only the little pepper uh, the 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 robot that doesn't do anything basically um, already evokes the question um, of of a gender issue, um, but but so that's very interesting. So that's that's very a cool point of robotics and a very cool point on on how society can learn and can see in those robotics, and that's very interesting to look into. But when we look into the images, it's so often that the robots are gendered, and that's so terrible. It's so useless and it's so pointless. And for for one point, a lot of of a lot of the robots are. Um, that are um, taking your job, they are male. <laughs> That's the first. Yeah. Every, every robot taking your job is a male robot. <laughs> and there's even this very nice image of the men's planning robot. It's such a, <laughs> there's a robot uh, um, uh, pulling over a, a female human, uh, uh, a woman uh, looking at a scream and points on the screen. It's obviously a men's planning robot. That's such a, a terrible image. Um, and, uh, um, but uh, on the other hand, for, for some reason, there, there's also um, a super useless um, uh, um, body parts attached uh, that, that make robots uh, have make robot have a sex. So there, there's a, a huge collection that we have labeled as a boob robot. Well, there's, there's an article about AI doing anything, and there's a robot uh, with. Uh, with breasts. Why is a robot with breasts that absolutely makes zero sense? Zero. It's it's, um, uh, it's and, but but still it's it's there at, at many point you, you find in, in an astonishing rate you find robots with breasts. So, so and <laughs> there's really 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 zero need for for having an image with for a robot with breasts. And that's that's very strange. But the gender dynamic is also um, uh, along the line of the brightness. Um, you see every robot that's supposed to take your job it might even have some one of those hard hats um, to to show off the masculinity of the robot uh, and the competence of the of the right male robot. That it's of course one robot that that takes your job. And um, sex robots, for example, if if, if there's a reason to have a gendered robot, it's a sex robot. They are in, I think, I, I don't, don't think I know one that is not uh, 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 characterized as a female robot. Yeah. So sex robots are female robots. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just have to pause there because it is a, another very good point uh, when it comes to... Robots taking your job, they are men. When it comes to sex robots, they are women. And that is how simple we have become when, it, when we are projecting out into the robotics field. And one thing that I thought about when you were talking was with the voice assistants that we were just talking about earlier, they have female names. And an assistant in back in the day, right, was more commonly a female job. And so throwing that into basically like it's, uh, I know that now you can have Siri have a, a male voice or a female voice, it doesn't matter. But still the fact that it's Siri, it's Alexa, it's these names are, are not necessarily male 
names. So that's another one that I, I think about too and how we just ascribe the our different biases onto robotics. And that's the bigger question or the bigger pattern here that's happening, right? Is we're just bringing all of the messed up stuff that we have as humans and just throwing it on to the robots and we're letting our judgments and preconceived notions go on and be played out in the robots. And and sometimes, like in your case, you're able to catch it. And on other times, there's probably quite a few people out there that see these pictures of robots and don't think anything of it. Or they see pictures and they don't even understand what a robot is capable of and what it's not capable of. And I would argue that's probably the majority and so when you see a picture like this in some sensationalized article that comes out in some press, <laughs> uh, maybe respectable or not so respectable press release, it's very easy to slip into that, especially if you're not knee deep in this stuff like yourself or myself. And you, it's easy to believe what is not really there. And that goes back to what you were talking about with the assuming that a robot can do too much, having these high expectations. And then when you really see something that is pretty spectacular, you go, ah, but that's not the robot cooking me pancakes and cleaning the dishes at the same time. So uh, I don't know why we would ever want a robot that can brush your teeth. Yeah, we, we want that robot because in that case, um, uh, robots are um, for people. This is addition for people who lose ability. That I, I think in that case, I'm, 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 I'm kind of okay with with a basic idea. But but as you said, it's it's with uh, starting uh, with uh, with our um, uh, again with Iri. There's there's this idea of um, um, technology being our our um, servitude and that's also um, often the image of robot but what you often see um, uh, not for, for robots not, not so much for AI but you often see um, what's what's uh, interesting it's brought back the the image of Rosie which is the uh, household robot of the Jetsons uh, uh, 60s 50s 50s uh, uh, cartoons uh, animated uh, series and they have this uh, household robot which um, is very interesting because it brings Back another stereotype, and it's all over there. It's um, those those maiden images. She has this um, uh, maiden um, uh, head gown and an, and an apron and uh, one of those dust wipes, and uh, is supposed to to clean up and to be be at um, uh, ready servitude uh, of of cleaning behind um, their masters, uh, really, so to say. Mm. And th that's um, a, a lot of the notion. Um, those pictures bring that there will be robots. Um, serving us that that's like the uh, the automated futures will have a, have a robot, robot servitude and um, for once it's of, of course um, going back to what I said before it's of course uh, interesting that Rosie is of course uh, it, it's a woman <laughs> so, so the, it's the romance it's interesting but but of course uh, Rosie is, is a female character in this uh, in, in the series and um, uh, of course all those household robots are 
um, like the like you mentioned before, uh, the other system mostly named um, uh, for uh, uh, um, a name that usually uh, goes for for goes or win, and. Um, that of course connects to the kind of servitude um, that expected from this this technology. It's an obedient, uh, busy, um, helping uh, to make my life easier. Um, that's that's an image that dates back in the in the fifties, and it's really odd that it's an image from the fifties comes back to to illustrate twenty twenty technology. It's it's uh, it's odd to have that um, uh, have that back. Um, um, yeah, um, and what you are rightfully saying is, of course, it's interesting to grasp um, for for a person um, without um, bigger knowledge of what of what uh, robotics, what AI is really really capable for. Um, our our answer is, is uh, for once um, that's of course uh, for one point in the responsibility of those who make these articles, because often those are popular science. Um, uh, um, journals um, which should know better, better and should do better, and actually, at least in uh, two cases for for German um, uh, outlet, um, we got them to change uh, their picture. That was also for our biggest uh, victory, nice. and that that was pretty nice. So, so I think there's a responsibility um, for those who who translating uh, responsible science, um, and I think that there's a growing community addressing that. So so you are addressing that, of course. Um, there's um, uh, the a very nice group of um, AI myth um, that has a has a great uh, homepage um, uh, and and addressing it uh, very nicely and uh, there are other scholars are also addressing it now and um, of course your podcast also helps it and what we did while while I have this nice image um, which is the only nice image of of my university it's TU Berlin and we had this lab and um, what we did uh, also to address it we had an open lab day so that was a day um, where anybody um, could come in and check out our robots. So where they had those state-of-the-art um, um, uh, hand, hand robots, basically, which, which is an arm and, and a manipulator on top, and we had a pepper, and um, we, we had other robots too. And so people could come in and actually see um, what current robotics is able of, what it's not able yeah. of, what, what is the, the huge work um, as had, only to have what you're doing is most about what robot interaction is often doing is hand over a ball or another object. It's a real classic and it seems unspectacular, but you can then see what tons and tons and tons of work of hugely capable people um, go into have robots doing that. And that's of course, not easy to transfer into um, into a um, picture in on top of an article that you want to clickbait. Um, but that's of course one one thing um, that, that's that, that's of course addressing kind of the gap because um, science is in its lab in a university somewhere uh, out of town, and there are scientists who are talking. Um, uh, stuff you don't understand, um, doing coding you don't understand, um, doing using words you don't understand, and there's this article and who are going to believe? So uh, the other part is even not grasped, graspable. So so it's uh, also important that um, the science reaches out back um, uh, to to the public, and um, I guess that what's what your post podcast also is doing. So <laughs> yeah, trying to bridge that gap. It is a very good point. Like. It's very easy to make too simple of a narrative out of it. And I know that myself, I try not to, but I fall victim of it sometimes. And 
because I am human, or at least I think I am. And so there are those moments like you're talking about. You go into the lab and you're way into this studying or sometimes you're so deep in the forest that you can't see the trees, right? And so for someone to be in the lab and be doing this robotics, if an outsider came and tried to look at what they were doing, it would be very foreign. And so when they come and or when they read this simple narrative, then it's much easier to understand. And even if it is kind of right, kind of wrong, that's where the danger comes in. So trying to bridge that gap between the very technical and the easy, the digestible, we can say, not simple or easily understood, but just digestible, uh, I think is a an important, important duty for, like you were talking about, these pop science news, uh, what are they called? The... They're not news, well, magazines, yeah like the pop science magazines. And so since we've been talking <laughs> this whole uh, 35, 45 minutes about the negative aspects of robotics, and I know that you are quite deep into robotics, I would love to hear or just spend five minutes on what are some pretty fascinating things that are coming out, the state of the world right now that you're looking at through robotics and where are we set the record straight a little bit and tell us what is exciting when it comes to robotics <clears throat> um that, that would be probably the job for the roboticist uh, <laughs> but um what, what i find fascinating is there is of course um I mean, if you if you really imagine um, that robots for years and years and years doing great work in cages, and they are they're literally in cages. If you go in a, in a factory, for example, Volkswagen uh, here, um, they are they have cages where you don't get in. And if someone gets in there, someone will hit a huge buzzer, and every robot in the whole will stop. And so that, that, that's what what robots been for years. And they were really good at it. They're fast and they're precise and they're they're great. Um, but you now get into um, into into touch with humans and that's that's really really so complicated and, and that's when you when you realize how how soft and uh, vague humans are but um they are um now robots for example our lab had a, um, a german company called franka emika which is a startup they have a, a great a robot arm which is just an arm, really, that uh, has uh, plenty of degrees of freedom, and uh, you can put on several manipulators on the top, for example, also a soft hand, um, uh, which our, our robotic group leader has, um, which is um, uh, in inflatable, uh, so it's, it's very soft, and um, you, you get really cool, um, really cool um, movement um, with this um, that's adapting to humans, and so they are doing really crazy stuff with um, uh, AI calculation on on how um, uh, you can move your arm um, to adjust to the position of human. And that's, that's crazy because it's so incredible hard um, when we're just moving our arm and just 
slightly to if you want to shake your hand you can build an easy handshaking robot but if you want to shake your hand out of the blue or hand over something it's so incredibly complicated and um there's actually people who we're getting there there are robots that work uh, that move really intuitive that work really non-threatening um they don't need um and that's that's what i really find fascinating and that's what we uh, have been talking about humanoid robots a lot but this robot um doesn't have a face or uh, or any point where you can can really look to um but it's, it's just an arm but you still can cooperate with it you can can hand over something give it back to it and that's really really fascinating i think that's that's where robotics um, is going, and I think that's where our image should probably going. It's it's not a humanoid, um, uh, uh, human-sized robot. It's more uh, cooperative, cooperative uh, robots that, that, as you said before, they're doing one task. Uh, uh, in this case, like ten tasks in your direct workplace, and they are they are good in, in cooperating with you. And that will be really interesting to have have a robot cooperating. Uh, whether you're handing over smoothly ALS, things to you, yeah. and of course, when you when you extrapolate from there, you can you can imagine your extra hand in doing the dishes. <laughs> that would be really cool, and it would be would be, I, from my experience, would be more realistic than having uh, uh, um, a Rosie. Uh, doing the dishes for you, but having um, an extra arm, for example, for people who um, who lose capability, uh, as I said, the T-Stress robot is for um, the the famous uh, ALS. Uh, um, the, uh, thank you. Um, uh, when you when you're starting to lose uh, your, the ability of your robot um, uh, of, your, of your of your body, you're starting to lose um, ability, and um, you're taking gradually um, the robot arm will will be taking over for you. I think that's that's things uh, then that you can look ahead. Um, it won't take all of your work. Um, it will use a lot of roboticizing your environment, um, your your nearest um, your nearest things. And those things robot touch will be need to be. Um, made accessible for the robot, and it will not be the same. But um, I think that that will be that will be a cool application that robotics can do, and that will be there in the near future. Mm. Yeah, and like you were talking about, there will be <laughs> roboticizing of places that needs to happen. And I think about the going back to our example at the beginning about these residential homes or the homes for old people. And you see there when there's any steps, you have the chair that can go down the steps. So it's not too difficult for someone with limited movement. And it feels like that will be a natural extension. You'll get these arms or you'll get these certain pieces of robotics that do select tasks and they help you live your life and make it easier on you to live your life. But they're not going to be following you around and you tell it to bark like a dog and it will bark or you tell it to pick me some flowers and then it will pick you some flowers. So I appreciate you coming on here and setting the record straight. I've got one last question for you and I don't think it could ever be so fitting as are you a robot? <laughs> um uh, i've uh, i wanted to to uh put a um 
a middle air that that says I was once a robot. <laughs> so that's that would be a pretty interesting um, answer to it. I mean, what what I what I really would mention is um, the question. Of course, um, we we are being we we are criticizing. So we're calling people out for uh, for bad images, but at, at uh, a lot of points we don't have an answer, um, or we don't we don't have an image that uh, that we can put there because we are not artists and um, we, we we can have pictures of our um, of our lab, yes, but um, that won't browse any any IA. So there's I, I think there are some some guidelines that you can think about how to illustrate. Um, when you when you're talking about AI and um, and robotics that, that I'm want to want to add because because I feel that's that's kind of our duty is not not that people your image are terrible and, and the the person just go I I've exactly three minutes to have an image for this article I go to the stock photos page I pick one for free and put it on my article which is the reality for most articles because it can make a picture up for for every article but I think what um what, what I uh, what, what what we want is I think what, what's the easiest and, and the most compelling uh, compelling I think all those things you talk about have humans behind them so if you talk about the system put a picture of the humans doing it <laughs> there. So th there's a scientist doing this code, there's a scientist um, making it, why not use a picture of those person doing it? And it's, uh, are you a robot? It's, it's maybe the question, put, put, it, put the humans behind the system in there. That's, that's I think, the easiest way, way to do it. If, if you can't do that, put actually what, what's actually in the technology you're talking about, don't put a robot in there if you're talking about AI. That's Never a good idea. If you're talking about AI, it's not an embodied robot. Uh, you you shouldn't put it there. Um, code parts are often very interesting. Put a part of the code there. That's that's a good way to to see people, to see for people what's what's behind those system of a robot or of an AI system, and uh, a nice code picture. I think it's also a, a good headline. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, or a motherboard, or I really like that. Show people in the lab working on it. Yeah, that is a nice workaround so that you're not just falling into this trap and you're getting called out on Twitter by not my robot. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. I appreciate you coming on here and talking to me about robots. It is fascinating to dig into the human element of and the human psyche and how we project things onto robots and just how funny of a state of the world we are in right now with respect to robotics and this whole idea that we have of the future and how robots play into that is really interesting to think about and i appreciate the work that you're doing on twitter if anyone has seen a funny picture or just a ridiculous picture of a robot being used, tag not my robot or put it hashtag not my robot, and it will be added to the growing collection of photos. Just just said it, not my robots in, in plural. Okay, 
Good so catch. So you find us with, with an S at the end. Um, yeah, please please tag us. And uh, thank you very much for, for having us here, having our little project uh, broadcasted here. That means the world to us. And uh, thank you very much for, for the work you're doing. And uh, I really enjoy your podcast and, I, and really enjoyed uh, talking here with you. And I hope I made uh, some sense for you. Out there. <laughs> oh, you yeah, totally did. I, I can't thank you enough. And... Not my robots. We will be tagging all over the place on Twitter. Take care, Arnold. Thank you. Bye.